Hello and welcome to The Wealth Show from CityWire. My name is Olivia Bibble and I'm here today with Matthew Norris, head of real estate securities at Gravis. We will be discussing the VT Gravis digital infrastructure income fund that he manages. So Matthew, why digital infrastructure? What makes it a compelling sector? Hi, th- thanks for having me on your, your show. Um, digital infrastructure, it's it's the fourth industrial revolution. It, it's what we're uh, living through right now. It's, it's what your listeners are, are experiencing. It's, it's the digital world. And with the digital world requires a new type of infrastructure. It requires digital infrastructure. It requires uh, data centers, communication towers. So there's a massive explosion of all things digital taking place out there. It requires a new type of infrastructure and that we think creates great investment opportunities. Mm-hmm. And what type of real assets make up the fund? Yeah, really, really interesting question. So as you as you look at digital infrastructure, the way that we look at it, we, we break it down into sort of the component parts. So clearly data centers, the buildings that house the servers that are, enable the digital world um, to happen. So we invest in, in, in companies that own those assets. Then communication towers, the towers that enable the the mobile digital world um, to happen. They've been described as the best business ever. And then e-commerce fulfillment centers. What is driving the performance of these investments now? Yeah, so I think there's three um, big forces at play. So the world of work has changed. Our our home lives have, have changed and our leisure lives have changed. If we think about the world of work, um, we're all very much familiar now with using Team and Zoom. If I look at um, Gravis, you know, we store our data in the cloud. Um, we use uh, Microsoft SharePoint. So far more data is being stored. That's driving the demand for, for data centers. If, if you look at um, sort of the, the leisure part of, of life, um, I'm old enough to remember video stores, but my, my children aren't. You know, my children are streamers. Um, and increasingly what they're streaming, they're streaming it to a mobile device. Um, more and more of us are becoming 5G users. So big demand um, for those sort of uh, communication towers. Um, and then if you look at our shopping habits, they've clearly changed around the world. More of us have become online shoppers. We all love what we term at Gravis, the three C's, the three C's of internet shopping. So cost, choice, and convenience. If, if you shop online, um, you've got price transparency. So you get the lowest cost products. Absolutely brilliant for consumers. Consumers want choice. The widest choice is, is, is online. And then convenience. We all want the goods delivered to a place of our choosing at a time that's convenient to us. So different driving factors in, in the world of work, in the, in the world of sort of play, and in the world of how we live our lives, driving the demand for, for digital infrastructure assets. What is the geographical spread of the fund? Our preference is to invest in, in companies in the developed markets around the world, because these assets are becoming mission critical um, to the operating of a, of a modern society. Uh, and so there is a risk that if you go into some emerging markets, some authoritarian regimes will want to take control of data centers, for example, because of the, um, the important data they have. So our focus is on developed markets. If you look at um, our digital infrastructure income fund, um, about half of the fund is invested in um, businesses that are listed in North America. And then we have a good mix between 
um, continental Europe, the UK, and developed Asia. So a global fund focused on developed markets, owning REITs and real estate operating companies that own the tangible assets themselves. Can you speak to the demand that AI will create for further digital infrastructure? The growth in data has been been huge. You know, humankind um, sort of tw- 20, 30 years ago had only created one zettabyte of data. Fast forward to today, you know, we're through 100 zettabytes of data. That's been driven by by social media and and by more recently streaming, you know, what's the next driver of data growth? I think it's going to be artificial intelligence, uh, generative AI. And if you look at the adoption rates, I mean, really um, super fast adoption rates, it took Uber something like um, 70 months to get to 100 million active um, users. If you look at chat GPT, two months, two months to get to 100 million active users. So clearly businesses, clearly individuals fascinated by generative AI and how it can um, make things more efficient, how it can take um, the mundane tasks away and automate them. That's definitely going to be driving um, demand for data centers, irrespective of which AI app wins the day, it's going to require more data centers to store that large growth um, in data. Can you explain what a data center is and how how that investment works for yeah the end client? Yeah, so um, so if you if, if you go back to the, to the basics, Gravis is an investor in tangible assets, in in infrastructure, in property. Um, data centers are a perfect example of that. So it's a physical uh, building. On the outside, it'll look very much like a modern warehouse, but it has three real key um, distinguishing um, factors. Um, The first is power. Data centers consume a lot of power, so they need to be located near to um, a reliable source of of electricity. Second key distinguishing factor, which you probably won't spot from the outside, it needs to be located where there's access to fiber and lots of fiber-dense fiber networks. And the third key factor is, is, like all real estate, location. needs to be located near um, dense populations so there's low latency in the transfer of data. So it's a physical asset. It's well connected to the fiber optic network, has a lot of electricity. It's close to the population. And then when you go inside that building, it's housing the servers. So there are racks and racks of servers. And those servers, um, they could be... Um, owned by the the banks, the, you know the banks are big owners, uh, users of data centers. But it equally, it could be Amazon Web Services, or it could be um, smaller businesses. So a wide range of clients, and essentially, they're renting space. Uh, contractually, they're renting access to power, but essentially, they're they're renting space. They sign long term leases with the data center landlord, and those leases typically the rent escalates increases over time so that's what that's what we love about it that contractual cash flow the high um, predictability to that uh, to that cash flow what role does private equity play in the digital infrastructure space yeah wow i mean they're um they're very active in this space we we launched this fund um a little over two years ago we have uh, about 30 investments in the fund in our short life Private equity has already acquired 
six of our investments um, and, and a, a seventh investment um, has been the result of, of, a, of a public to public takeover. So private equity is very active in this space. Uh, the large private equity houses out there uh, have clearly stated that data proliferation is one of their highest conviction areas. How do they get access to a high quality portfolio of, of assets? They look to the, to the public equity markets. So in short, private equity loves public equity. They're happy to come along and, and, and bid for assets. So the assets that have been bought from our portfolio take over premiums range anywhere between um, 20% to 60% uplift. It's great on the day. It's great for the month's performance. But really, at Gravis, we'd much prefer to own those assets for the long term. More recently, we've seen sovereign wealth funds come in as well. Sovereign wealth funds have, have come in. Um, we invested in Summit Industrial, uh, a, a REIT that owned um, logistics space in, in, in Canada. Um, GIC, the Singaporean Sovereign Wealth Fund, came in and bid for that and paid a 30% premium. So there is capital that is active in this space looking to acquire the high quality assets out there. Do you see the high interest in these tangible assets as a risk? Yeah, well, the risk is one day I wake up and all the good stuff has, has been acquired. The great news is um, the companies that we invest in, they have development pipelines, they have development platforms, they're continuing building out new data centers there. As we move to a 5G world uh, in the mobile networks, 5G requires uh, denser networks to facilitate that fast flow of data. So they're building out those networks. So the companies we invest in have opportunities to grow and we're, we're happy to support them when they come back to the equity market asking for more more capital so the opportunities are there yeah the risk is you know private equity comes and buys the good stuff um from us but we'll, we'll try and hold out as best as we can to get the uh, top prices for the assets what are some of the other risks of investing in this area or specifically this fund yeah so look when i speak to to our investors i get questioned about um, technology risk so um, what's a technological risk? Supposing our phones start communicating with satellites as opposed to ground-based towers. Um, that's a risk. What, um, what we hear from the mobile network operators, what we hear from consumers, they don't like low latency. So if your phone was to connect to a, a, a low orbiting satellite, which would then connect to the data center, that takes time. Low latency, that time lag um, is a frustration. So for the foreseeable future, I think the world is really fixed to um, ground-based masts. Climate change, the biggest risk facing humankind is clearly climate change. Data centers are a big user of electricity. It's, it's estimated that 2 to 3% of global power is consumed by um, data centers. So... Um, to limit that impact, to mitigate that risk, we invest in high quality data centers. What do they do? Two key things, sourcing the power and then using the power. So source the power from renewable energy, that, that's great uh, for the environment, and then use the power in, a, in an efficient way. Next generation data centers, purpose-built data centers are the most efficient place for companies, for governments, to have their servers. It's much more efficient to have it in a bespoke building, a purpose-built data center 
where the environment is, is regulated, the temperature is, is regulated, rather than having that server sitting in the corner of the office or rather than having that server sitting in the basement of your building. That's, that's inefficient. So the, the public quoted data centers increasingly source their power um, from, from renewable energy and are the most efficient users. And if there was a third risk, I think the third risk is, is the cost of debt. You know, we're in, in an environment where um, interest rates, policy rates have been rising, bond yields have risen, so the cost of financing is, is high. You look to the balance sheets, look for strong balance sheets as we do. Um, three quarters of what we invest in that has um, investment credit, um, investment grade credit rating, so high quality. The debt is, is, is predominantly fixed rate debt. So in this high interest rate environment, um, we're insulated from rising interest rates. And then the term of the debt is, is a long-term debt. Um, so they're, they're the risk. Look, technological risk, um, climate change risk, financing risk. I think we've taken within the fund great actions to, to mitigate and to offset those risks. What would you say to a wealth manager or other client that was on the fence about buying this fund? Yeah, so look, I think um, it's, it's, um, it's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity for growth income as opposed to fixed income. Um, so as you look out and, and you want to grow your client's income, this is a good source of it. Um, I think there is capital potential capital upside from private equity buying out these these businesses um you know I, I point to our track record of companies being acquired these are obviously um high quality scarce assets if 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 private equity is buying them i think all investors should at least be looking at the sector and saying wow if it's if it's attracted to attractive to private equity are those attributes attributes that i'd like to have in my portfolio mm -hmm. Um, and can I just ask, what is your favorite investment in the fund? Oh, wow. Which is my favorite child? That is, that's a, um, that's a tricky question. Um, lots of stuff in there. I mean, look, I mean, I, I, you've, you've got to acknowledge that Prologis, um, the largest listed owner of, um, logistics, real estate in the world, created a brilliant, um, portfolio of, of assets estimate that two to 3% of GDP flows through their warehouses every year. I mean, that's a staggering stat. So I think, you know, that's a great example in, um, in the logistics space. I think if you look at the, the tower codes, the likes of American tower created a, a, an amazing collection of assets that I think will be a prime beneficiary of the move um, to, to 5G. If you look at data centers, Equinex has the crown jewels. Equinex has the data centers. The, they call the the interconnect data centers, where you know the Google server meets the Amazon server meets the 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 BT server. It connects them all together. They're very hard to to replicate. They have a gravitational pull because um, the big clients are already there, so other people want to be in there. So I can't really pick one, but I think we've got a, a collection of really best in class. Um, owners of, of digital infrastructure assets. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that's a positive note to end on. Uh, thanks so much for coming in, Matthew. It's been great to hear about the brick and mortar investment behind data and technology.